0: Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets
1: to ignite the growth of your agency. We choose a random property around the UK and one of the team members on loudspeaker will call the agent. We
0: task each team member with owning an event every month. It's probably the number one obstacle that independent agents face in their businesses. We've created a super special free Firewave gift, packed full of marketing goodies just for our podcast listeners. You can get
1: yours by going to www.fire wave.co.uk/slash free gift.
0: Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil.
1: Hello. Welcome back, Samantha. Nice of you to join us.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I have had a very nice couple of weeks off.
1: Unfortunately, polar
0: bears didn't get her. Unfortunately, polar bears didn't appear. So I was in a place called Svalbard, which is an island, an archipelago actually, way, way north of Norway. An island. A group of islands. We call them an archipelago. I put an S in the
1: end and go for islands.
0: (laughs) It's an amazing place. And if you're connected with me on Facebook, you can go and bore yourself silly with stories of Svalbard. In fact, I said to my son, have you watched my live videos? And he goes, no, mum, they're like 15 minutes long. So yeah, my son's not my biggest fan. So How do you know how long they
1: are? Because he he
0: looks at it and he goes 15 minutes and he goes, no, it's all right. Yeah, but if he watched it live, he wouldn't know. (laughs) We're not here to talk about Svalbard today, but there is a, a tenuous link, which is that one of the things I do when I go to strange and wonderful remote places is I like to go to write a book. So the two are interchangeable to me. So I get the peace and quiet, apart from the polar bears outside the window, and I get to really kind of distance myself from the businesses so that I can focus on the book I'm writing. And at the moment, I'm writing a book about building a dream team. And it's all to do with retention, reward, recruitment, the whole journey. Because actually, it's probably the number one obstacle that independent agents face in their businesses, would you say that's true? Possibly. What do you think the number one challenge is that they have? Marketing. No, you see, I the think intent. it's I think it's team. Because actually once they get the marketing right, then they They don't get it right. Once they do get it right. Then there's a stranglehold on their business because they can't get the, the staff right. It doesn't matter how good your marketing is if you haven't got the team. And you would argue it doesn't matter how good the team is if you haven't got a marketing to fully direct. I would
1: argue that strongly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's say that they're equally important.
1: Because but... even just without a team with good marketing, you can earn six figures. <laughs> Personal income, can't you?
0: Well, Alex did, didn't he, from Abode?
1: Yeah. So so I think In marketing. Speech, I think there's amazing. There's a tipping point where team becomes a more of a challenge.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to talk about a very specific part of team building, which is your team meetings. And I think that this is something that, that we've struggled to get right over the time that we've had our team. We didn't even used to do team meetings or we did them very ad hoc. And now we're very stringent about making sure that they always happen at the same time in the same day every single week. And we have a structure that we think fits our brand and fits our targets and goals and our purpose and vision and our values. And so what we're going to do is share that with you to see how that maybe compares with your team meetings. Or if you're not doing team meetings and you would like to start, even if there's only two of you, a team meeting is still really crucial and to really kind of share with you what's worked for us or maybe what hasn't worked for us.
1: Yeah. And probably a word of warning before we start, we have members in Firewave that have meetings every single day. We have members in Firewave that have meetings before the office opens at nine o'clock. We have members by way of that have monthly meetings. We have members that do these meetings as fast as physically possible <laughs> to make sure that they're not spending any extra pennies that they don't need to. Hours mm-hmm. are completely different where they are three, four, five times the length they need to be. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we have been challenged on this, haven't we, particularly by our ops manager when he started working with us and he challenged us on them and said that they could be made much more streamlined.
1: Yeah, from a financial point of view, a direct finance point of view, they're probably not the greatest idea, but we want to share with you the exact structure we do, the frequency, the purpose, and everything that's involved, and the reasons why we do it this way. Hmm. Because we have had conversations, as Sam says, when we got challenged on it, we did have conversations to exactly why we do it this way, and, and is it possible we could streamline it to make it a bit more...
0: Well, just a bit more cost-effective. I <laughs>
1: think the fucking word. <laughs> efficient. Efficient. Yeah, we were challenged whether we can make the, the meetings more efficient.
0: And we could. We definitely could. But well, we choose not to? Choose not to. And there's some good reasons why.
1: Yeah. So we'll start with frequency. We have our meetings every week without fail, whether we're here or not.
0: We're actually recording this on a Tuesday morning and we have just had our Tuesday morning meeting.
1: Yeah. So they start at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock sharp. They were getting towards five past etc. et cetera. So how do we make sure
0: they start at 10 o'clock? By saying we're going to start at 10 o'clock, whether they're in the room or not.
1: Yeah, then it can be a bit awkward when they have to roll in at 10.02.
0: Yeah, because then they're actually entering a meeting that is already in progress. And that is the best way of getting your meetings kicked off at 10 o'clock because otherwise, or whatever time you choose, otherwise you'll say, right, we'll wait for everybody to be here. And then people just use that time.
1: Yeah, so they start at 10 o'clock and they can go on for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. The diaries aren't up until 12 o'clock. Yeah. So, and during that time, the phones are totally ignored. At first, we used to people used to rush out and answer the phone, but they could be out for 10, 20 minutes, and then they totally miss what we we're talking about. It could be something really important that we specifically wanted that person to hear. So we made the decision that actually, what are we going to lose by not answering the phone? We've got a voice mail service that picks everything up, and as soon as we finished, everyone calls them back.
0: Yeah, it's 90 minutes once a week, we can cope with that. And the benefits of everybody being included then far outweigh the calls you could miss, we feel anyway. So we're going to just share our way of doing it. It's not necessarily the way of doing it. I've read more books than I care to count on how to do a team meeting, including books that are literally just about team meetings. I still think that we've got some way to go with ours, but I think I would give ours nine out of 10, actually, for our meetings. I think they, they tick all the boxes that we would want them to tick, which is they're fun, they're educational, they're inclusive, they develop a feeling of community, belonging, culture, and they put at the forefront of people's minds the most important things to the company, which is things like our core values, mission, purpose, and vision. So as Phil says, we have them once a week.
1: Yeah. And we want them to be quite a relaxed atmosphere. So the first thing we do, hopefully when people arrive at about five to 10, is um, we have breakfast that is prepared by a local company and picked up by do you pick it up sam i don't even know how it gets there a <laughs> uh, test picks it up test, so i remember the team picks it up and it changes every what it is sometimes it's nice and like <laughs> bacon sandwiches and sometimes it's not nice and it's like garlic ultra strong garlic <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> which is very unnecessary for that time of the morning. She uses
0: her imagination, but it's good. It's always a surprise. It's good fun.
1: But yeah, the fruit always goes down well and bacon sandwiches always goes on very, Mm -hmm. very well. And whereas our fresh croissants as well.
0: And also, you know, we have a lot of events here for our Firewave clients and for Firewave non-clients even. And I think it's nice to be able to treat the team. We treat our clients. We want to be able to treat the team in the same way and say, look, you're as important as our clients and therefore we want to make sure you've got nice food to eat as well. And it's a good start to the day
1: yeah so we open up the team meeting by going around the table and each member of the staff each member of the team have to explain how they have demonstrated or explain how a member of the team have demonstrated one of the core values of the last week so they can nominate someone so for example i could say i nominate sam for family first because and then reel off some kind of reason as to why she demonstrated the family first that week so we have or do you want to explain our core values Yes,
0: yeah, so we've got six core values and we used to have five actually but the team came together and they decided we wanted to add a six so we took the team feedback and added an extra one and they are family first authentic creative energetic Ooh, empowering faulted them and bold and daring and the idea is that everybody evidences one. And the bold and daring one is an interesting one because lots of people say energetic every week. But bold and daring is because somebody has gone outside their comfort zone. And obviously we all want all our team members to feel like they can go out their comfort zone and feel equally supported. And therefore... That's an important core value. And things like creative is creative in thinking and creative in doing. It's not just literally physically creative. It's not artistically creative. It's creative in the way that they approach maybe a challenge or a problem. So they're all really important to us. And every now and again, we notice that one has seems to have fallen out of favor because energetic seems to be the one that everybody defaults to or family first if they did something family fun orientated at the weekend. And therefore, sometimes we say, right, it's got to be creative this week or you've got to nominate this person this week. And we're a bit more instructional.
1: Yeah, another way we change it up is We'll ask them to list the core values and then give themselves a score out of 10 on how they feel like they're demonstrating that core value at the moment. And then from there, what could they do over the next week to, to get them from a, let's say, a six to a seven or a seven to a eight? How can they improve that specific core value and how can they demonstrate it more? But it's both in their personal life and their work life. It's important. And that's where Authentic comes in that they're the same person in the office as they are outside the office, even after 10 pints. <laughs> That's right. As much as possible.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if Isaac would be the same person. I'm not sure 10 want them
1: to be in the office acting like they've had 10 <laughs> not sure pints. i if but... I would
0: recognize him. If you don't have core values, this would be a takeaway for you as an action point to maybe think about what all your core values could be. We do this as a, an exercise in our annual planning with our Firewave clients. And we invite them to think about their core values. We challenge them on their core values. For example, we say to them, honesty is not a core value. It's a given, uh, but something like energetic could be a core value because you could challenge somebody.
1: Uh, I suppose you could challenge someone or say authentic, which should be given. The reason why we don't like honesty is it just seems a bit of a easy get out. You can't really think of something that means a bit more to you than honesty. And a lot of our members and a lot of people we've heard over the last few years almost used
0: Julie from the Coastal Charities Stadium in Dartmouth. Oh gosh, there's lots of favourite parts. I would think it's actually the minds bouncing back the ideas off a number of different agents who are all non-competing, so it's really helpful. There's lots of results, all positive, competing against the top rounds like Night Frank and Saddles, definitely dealing with much better properties and much higher values.
1: What would you say to anyone who is considering joining Firewave?
0: Oh, do it. <laughs> definitely do it. And um, don't
1: delay don't put it off our members and a lot of people we've heard over the last few years almost used estate agency cliches as their core values mm-hmm. so whatever you would usually get hit with the you're an estate agent that means you're this they kind of reverse that <laughs> yeah. and say oh well, i'm trustworthy i'm honest mm-hmm. i'm uh, other insults get thrown at the industry. But how
0: would you evidence honesty? You could, I don't think you could do it. Well, I mean, we could have a whole podcast episode about core values, so we won't do it now. But that's something we would challenge you on if you came to us with that as a core value. Uh, how many core values do you think you should have? Between three and six, we find works well. Everybody's got to be able to remember them all. So they need to be memorable. Ours did spell a word until we added bold and daring on. So we've given up on that. But, but I think Fasib. everybody does know what they are. And they're also on a massive poster in the office as well, in the boardroom where we have our meeting. Meetings. So let's come on to the next part of the team meeting. So once we've done the core values and that gets everybody talking in a you know, in a nice supportive way about what people have done at the weekend or or how they've um, seen each other, you know, do a great job in the last few days. And then we go on to wins, which again, really reinforces that. So we've had a couple of really good sales this week and we were able to pat on the back the people who were contributing to those sales. And that's where the wins come in. And then we have confessions. So
1: just on wins, it's important to maybe sometimes have a few things written down. Every now and again, we say wins and the kind of the room falls silent and it's not the most motivating <laughs> Situation. So, even if you think that's going to happen and there aren't obvious wins, have a few written down. Maybe little things that people have done in their personal life or little jobs people have done that maybe they'll enjoy doing that you can then share.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Confessions is something that normally hits with a, a silent room. Silent fill. Silent fill, definitely. I had a confession this morning. But it's something that you did wrong and then you're supposed to ask for forgiveness for it and everybody's supposed to say that they forgave you. Not in a holy way. And the idea is, no, (laughs) forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a week since our last team meeting. The idea behind it is that people should be encouraged to make mistakes and to try new things and to not be afraid of making mistakes. So if somebody has put, I don't know, the wrong ink in the printer or the forgotten keys on the viewing, or they left the door open, you know, in the office, then it's much better for it not to be a whisper. It's much better for it to be a shout in front of everybody. And everybody goes, oh yeah, I've done that before. You know, that was silly. And, and then you move on. And then it's kind of like, it's done, isn't it? It's a bit like the kids. I always brought my kids up to say, I did it and I'm sorry when they did something wrong. And, you know, I won't do it again. And we did have that this weekend with my grandkids know had to say I did it and I'm sorry.
1: He wasn't sorry, just to you know. But he did do it. Um he definitely did it. From there, we go on to a really important bit and it's really the meat of the whole meeting. Meat of the meeting.
0: That's good. I like that. Did you?
1: Even mm. you, you're a vegetarian.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll have
1: um, that. and it's the education piece. And this totally varies from week to week. So we'll give you some examples of the type of things we do. So and you may have been on the end of some of them. So
0: Yeah, because we do them as some of them as lives, don't we?
1: No, no, no. What I mean is, well, this is what I mean. So some weeks we choose a random property and we don't choose uh, one locally around the UK. And one of the team members on loudspeaker will call the agent and request a brochure or ask some quite challenging questions about the house. And they're usually questions that, We've been asked that week that we maybe we found challenging. So why isn't it sold? Would they take an offer? Yeah, will they take a low offer, et cetera. And what we do as a team is we write down what they do well, what they maybe could improve on, and then we discuss it afterwards. And it then leads to what are we going to commit to this week that we're going to improve on? So what did we notice in that phone call that we maybe do? And what could we improve on?
0: So we call that a brochure request or a mystery shop. And the reason it works so well is it's very difficult to critique ourselves. The last thing we want to do is record one of our team members answering the phone and then play it back in front of everybody. That would feel very humiliating. And I I don't think it's a good learning environment for that person. But when you put in the spotlight on somebody else, it's actually much easier to determine where that somebody else is going wrong and what we could do given the same question. And sometimes they actually give them quite a good score and they say, actually, I think they were really friendly. And we'll go, well, it might been friendly, but they didn't get a phone number. And they didn't get the buying position. So actually being friendly is only part of the story, isn't it? You can be as friendly as you like, but you've actually got to be functional on that call.
1: Yeah, being really clear on the specific information that they need to take, whether they're friendly or not, it ingrains it into the team that Mm -hmm. no matter what happens on that phone call, this is the information you need to get. This is the questions that you have to ask.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. So that's one of the examples of what we've done. This morning we did an idea one, which was a bit more of an entrepreneurial kind of approach to our educational section, which was when we suggested that everybody needs to bring an idea about how to improve their job or the company that they work for, or to help them meet their targets, or just an idea that they might have had floating around the head, or they're going to have to think up there and then on the spot. Everybody had to think of one idea, each an improvement idea, and then in teams that would work on those ideas, come up with the best one and then present them back to the group. We've had spelling tests.
1: Can you give us three words that you've uh, asked them to I spell can. in the past? Prerogative. We're not going to do it live, but what's the second letter, prerogative? That is a very good question. Word number two, we want your answers. Actually, no, you can't, you're going to type them and you're going to yeah. get the red line. Yeah, get the
0: red line. The principal of a school, not the principal as in a moral. That's a hard one. And avocado, which is Isaac's favourite word to spell.
1: It's also part of my favourite meme, do you avocado? Be funny if it was funny.
0: So yeah, we have an educational piece every week. Sometimes they're a bit more fun and active and they involve standing up and moving around and other times they're about thinking.
1: Yeah, last week we did a good one where I wanted to get over the importance of communication and explanation skills. And so I got them to sit back to back, I gave them all a random word from fairground to chocolate. And the person who had the word had to explain to the person who was sitting back to back with them how to draw what they have only by using shapes. So, for example, if they're chocolate, they, they would have to say one big rectangle with lots of squares in the middle or, or however it was. And then after three minutes, they'd show the picture to the room and try and guess what it was. <laughs> and But what happened is the first pictures were awful. And then by the time they got to picture three or four, they were a lot better because they started to learn how to explain And how to listen. And and how to listen. And so, yeah, that was something good to use.
0: Mm, That is a good one. I like that one. We've done quite a few and we really enjoy them. And They're very interactive, which brings me to a next point, really. They've got to be fun. If people dread the meeting, it's not going to be a productive meeting. And people were, were getting a bit distracted or probably bored or whatever. And we decided to take phones out of the room this week, didn't we? And dogs. And dogs, yeah, because they're very distracting. And my daughter, Tess, who works for one of our adjacent companies, is a very distracting influence. So we have to try and mitigate that distraction. Some people don't even look at their phones or even bring their phones in. But for those of them who do, and you know the people that they are, then you probably need to separate them from their phones for a little bit to make them more productive. Okay, so after the education piece, we do then... So we, what we used to do at this point, by the way, was we used to share a scorecard, which is all the numbers for each company. But people didn't have any context for them. They didn't mean anything. They didn't have any meaning for the, either the company that we, they were about or the other companies. So actually, we decided to take them out altogether because we don't run our companies by numbers. Phil and I have got a good handle on the numbers, but not everybody does. And I don't think it's fair to try and assume everybody is number orientated like we are. They're motivated by different things. And one of the things that really motivates everybody in the organization that we know from feedback is the team, the team spirit. So the team spirit is more important than the numbers. And therefore, if the team spirit is right, the numbers will take care of themselves.
1: So what we would do at this point, and um, so bear in mind, we have a few different companies that come together for this meeting. If we just had one company at this point, we would do headlines. So what I do 15 minutes before we start this meeting at about quarter to nine, quarter, sorry, quarter to 10 is... I have the state agency staff in the room and each member just goes through what they're working on at the moment, what challenges they've had that week, what's happening with certain houses, anything that they want to discuss, they need to bring to the table. And I also do the same. So at that point in the meeting, that's where we would put that. Yeah. So discussing how sales are progressing, if they're close to getting an offer or anything, they need help with any viewings, slow movers, et cetera.
0: So that's all the operational stuff, is The operational stuff will go there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then the second to last part of the meeting is we talk about events or happenings or projects or whatever, which is another fun part, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Because what we do is we task each team member with owning an event every month that we then subsidise. We have to draw the line somewhere. With Twenty pounds ahead. <laughs> <Subsidies>. <laughs> but we've done everything from going out for Chinese to we're talking about having a spooky party in the office. You are like a Halloween party. We have. What else have we done?
1: We've had a few parties. We have had a few. We had,
0: we had an around the world drinks and food party. That was good fun.
1: We did. Dave's so chili.
0: We were going to do a treasure hunt, but we ran out of time and we couldn't get enough people. We went to centre one. parks. We have been to centre we parks. We did Chester we races. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have been to some good things, haven't we? So that's something we do every month, and each team member, as I say, can come up with an idea for the following month, and then they have to own and organize that event for the month. And it's usually in pairs because we've got enough people to be able to do that. So at the moment, we're running on about sixteen people, I think, all together in the team, and therefore there's enough people to be able to do sort of one and a half people per month. And then the last part of the meeting, which is really important, is traffic lights, and we we use traffic lights a lot as an indication of where somebody is in their own mind about how they're approaching a project or their work or in general.
1: Yeah, the important thing to note with this is to to explain to the team that this isn't a workload, this is how you're feeling. So you could have a mountain of work to do that day, that week, that month and still be a green, or you could have no work on and be a red because what we're finding is everyone was saying amber, red just because they were scared for, to note that they had no work to do. So we have to be really clear what the purposes were. And actually, our target is that everyone's agreeing. It's not a good thing for someone to be an amber or red. So it's really important to explain the reason why you're doing it. And what you'll find is some people always just say amber. So you need to ask maybe the reasons why they're amber. Or what can they do this week or the next? What can they do today to get them to a green? Or who could help them do that?
0: Mm-hmm. And some people as well wear it as a badge of honor, never to be a red. Thinking Hannah, for start. She's a bit of a superwoman and she likes to always say she's green or amber or I can handle it. And we've got to try and encourage her to be able to be more open with that and ask for help when she needs it. She's, she's like that in her personal life as well. And what you'll get with that kind of person is you could get burnout. But by the same token, she's a very capable person, used to a very big, busy workload and life as well. And therefore, somebody who hasn't got those kind of competing conflicts in their life, might feel that even with a very small workload, they're already an amber or even a red. So you've got to look at the person, what you're asking them to do. I find that long-term, big, important projects tend to put people into amber-red, whereas people like, say, Claire and Lois, who are on the phones, and so their job is very short-term. They're organizing viewings the same day sometimes, so therefore they don't have to keep information in their head and they don't have to meet a deadline, and therefore they are always green. So you've got to look at the overall impression of what you're getting from that person. But what you're looking for is trends. If they're always red or they're always amber, then you need to have a chat with them and see how you can help. And the rule is if they say they're a red, they have to accept help or ask for help from somebody. Whereas if they're an amber, which they quite often say they are, they're stretched, but still okay. And that's it. That wraps up the meeting and wraps up the podcast. It doesn't quite wrap up the podcast because I wanted to say some more things about it. (sighs) I want to say that you've got to keep it motivational and fun. You've got to have a really nice atmosphere. We make sure we do it in a nice room. You've got to make sure that you're not trying to like squeeze into the kitchen. If you're going to have it in your main office because you don't have another room, then shut the door and put the close sign on it. If you can go somewhere else, even into a coffee shop, that's a nice thing to do. Maybe once a week. We used to do that, actually. We used to go to okay. Homeground, yeah. Well, me and Firewave did. We'll have to bring that back in again. And really to make sure that you know the purpose why you're doing this. You're doing this to foster team spirit in the most positive way, to keep everybody moving towards the goals that you've set collectively for the company and make sure that everybody's happy on their journey to do that. And that's it. Does that wrap it up? That does wrap it up. So if you've got a topic that you'd like us to cover on a future podcast, and we will be talking a lot more about team over the next few weeks as I continue to write my book. We've got a
1: very exciting copywriter coming up. Oh,
0: that's good. So then we'll talk about everything to do with teams, marketing, lead generation. These are all the topics we normally cover, but we also cover things like bravery and endurance and not us personally but we have some amazing guests on that come and talk about those kind of things we're very lucky with the guests we get we have really fantastic guests and have done really amazing things much more impressive than we've done but each to his own and each to his own adventure we've created a super special free Firewave gift packed full of marketing goodies just for our podcast listeners
1: you can get yours by going to wwwfire www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift and following the simple instructions that's www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift